Welcome to our new show with Revive MS Support. Over this series, we'll meet some of the people involved with Revive, the leading provider of support for people in the west of Scotland who are affected by multiple sclerosis. Revive's purpose-built centre is located in Govan, Glasgow. In this episode, we'll be discussing employment and education, and guests will share their experiences and advice for managing both. First, we'll speak with Julie Dock, MS Specialist Nurse, Anya Rueg, Advocacy Officer, and Jackie Ritchie, Speech and Language Therapist. They'll chat about how to manage work and education with MS, plus offer advice for employers and educators. Would you mind introducing yourself for everyone, please? Um, my name's Julie Dock. I'm the MS Specialist Nurse at Revive. I'm Jackie Ritchie, and I am one of the speech therapists at Revive. And my name's Anya Ruig, and I'm the new advocacy officer here. Fantastic. What an excellent group of, of um, people to have in the room to discuss today, uh, sort of advice on employment and education. Um, so what kind of issues can people with MS face? Well, people with MS can face various issues. It's very individual, as MS is itself. Mm-hmm. So thinking about MS, how it affects the central nervous system, it can affect your ability in carrying out things that you wouldn't even think twice about on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. So it could be you've got issues with your mobility, you could have knock-on effect from fatigue because the body's working harder all the time. You can have issues with your vision. It could be your speech. It could be your memory. There's multiple um, symptoms that people can face with their MS and that can have an impact on their working life and how they, they can incorporate you know, their working life into their day-to-day activities um, to help them to manage just, you know doing things that we all we all do on a day-to-day basis, like, you know, getting up, going to work, you know, running a house, whatever it may be, caring for a family. Um, so these changing symptoms can vary from day-to-day. So some people might find they can go into work one day and they're actually quite good and they can manage quite well and then the following day not so good or the following couple of days. So, uh, yeah, it's, it can vary from person to person, from day-to-day, the symptoms that they experience. How can people with MS manage specific symptoms while they're at work or at college or school? I think it's looking at how they can make adjustments at their workplace to help them to carry on and do the task that they need to do. Mm-hmm. So it might be their actual, if they're in a workstation, you know, is their they're seating appropriately or mm-hmm. are they getting access to the equipment that they need? Uh, looking at the environment, is it too hot? Is it too cold? Because we know that outside temperatures can affect your MS symptoms. So if you're in too hot an environment, you might find that symptoms are, are worse that particular day. Some people are not very good with noise and surrounding noise as well, any kind of any stimuli. Uh, it could be that they're, they're close to maybe the photocopying machine and we know that people ah. like to chat a photocopying machine so it might be you know to look at moving their desk further away mm-hmm. um, and really kind of planning how they they manage so looking at your travel into work you know can you maybe work at home 
uh, and do some hybrid working. So it's about having conversations with your employer to put certain things into place um, to help you to cope at work. Your employer has a, a legal obligation to help to put reasonable adjustments in place um, and at Revive we can help have these conversations with your employer to support you. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So it sounds like there's there's quite a lot of things that, that can be potentially done depending on what somebody's particular needs are. Um, but um, Jackie... What would you want to add about how people can manage some of the specific symptoms while they're at work or or school? So I tend to be dealing more specifically with the fatigue um, element of MS and also the um, issues with memory and thinking. Mm -hmm. And as Julie said, um, so many symptoms come into play at work and stress as well as we all experience in in the work environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so that can really um, impact on fatigue and, and memory and thinking. So the sorts of advice we would give um, are uh, around learning about fatigue um, and how it affects you on a day-to-day basis. So okay. you would be starting to make a plan um, and look at maybe a diary of your activities at work and how your performance varies throughout the day and look at the the difficult spots. Um, You'd maybe be looking at things like um, rests. Uh, They really help. They've been shown to to help people manage their energy levels. Um, So perhaps thinking about whether short rests throughout your working day could be incorporated and make a huge difference. Mm -hmm. And that's always something positive that you can talk to your employer about. Um, Also looking at the tasks that you do, um, being very organised, planning ahead, um, prioritising your tasks and perhaps even delegation um you know uh, so it's it's about um some of these um well recognized techniques and applying them to um your working day uh, also looking at your your hours themselves and um often people find that you know if they work part time looking at whether they work three days on the trot or whether they can spread their working week a little bit because that can make a a very significant um, difference and for an employer it's all about productivity and efficiency Mm -hmm. and um, so often just having those conversations. In terms of um, memory and thinking, um, fatigue makes, has the biggest impact on that so if you can work on your fatigue first but with regard to memory uh, often it's maybe speaking to your colleagues and your employer and letting them know that perhaps sometimes if you're tired if you're fatigued your concentration can be impacted and and that maybe coming and talking to you or interrupting you when you're doing a task can be really problematic throws you off you know send send me an email so I can consider it later that kind of really simple Mm -hmm. advice Um, or if you're in a meeting um, if you're able to take notes yourself then that's great or record it if you're able to so you can listen back in case you've missed some things Um, having checklists that you can work through and tick off um, so that you're actually feeling better about yourself and your performance and that reduces stress consequently reduces your other symptoms hopefully. Julia is there anything else that you wanted to add um, about what folks with MS um, can do to manage specific symptoms while they're at work or school? Yeah the, the, 
The majority of people with MS have confidence issues, which can be very embarrassing. Something they don't really want to talk to their employer about. Yeah. And they'll maybe come in and they'll speak to us at Revive and they'll say they don't know how to have that conversation uh-huh. with their employer. And they don't need to go into, you don't need to go into all the ins and outs, you know, okay. give them all the explicit details. Mm-hmm. But, you know, saying to them, is there any way that you can be close to toilet facilities or ensure you can have regular toilet breaks? Or we'd mentioned about working from home. So days that you're not so good, that you're you're having, struggling with bowel or bladder issues, that you could work from home. Is there a way to support that? Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, that that can be a difficult conversation to have. I, can I think the other symptoms tend to be a bit a little bit more easier to to mention. Um, but again, you can be quite embarrassed about talking the things about memory because people think that if you mention that you've got memory issues, that you're going to have issues with you know dementia. That's what people think that yeah. you're going to have complete cognitive decline. Um, but yeah, I would say that confidence is always a tricky conversation. I can imagine. So it's really lovely that you're able to sort of offer a wee bit of advice for folks who, Definitely. Um, anybody, I suppose, who, who is struggling, um, but with, in this case, particularly folks um, with MS. So, yeah, we don't necessarily always want to talk about those sorts of things, but it's, I can imagine that, that it's uh, quite an important one um, to make sure that, that, you know, someone is supported with um, and is able to access facilities when they when they need them. Yeah, I think it's also kind of important to think that we're all human. We all have bodily function. Sure do. Yep. So, <laughs> um, you know, speaking to your employer, you're thinking that you're the only one that's got that problem. They may actually have that problem themselves. Yeah. You know, so you could be opening up a conversation for them to be able to mm-hmm. say, well, actually, no, I fully understand what you're going through. That yeah. is some, you know, and it could actually flow quite easily for you. That conversation. Aye. What advice would uh, you give s- to someone who has been recently diagnosed with a medical condition and was thinking about how to approach their employer or teachers about some of these? Well, there's there's no legal uh, responsibility that you have to declare that you have MS. Right. You'd only have to declare it if it was something that would, that y- you know, if you're in a a role where there could be implications, you know, that you're maybe in the army or police force or um, the task that you're doing, it's it can have a knock-on effect because of your symptoms that you're experiencing. So um, that would be only the reason why you'd have to actually declare it to your employer. But I think it's about coming to terms with it yourself, first of all. Yeah. That's really important. And to get your head around it and to say, right, okay, well, where am I going to go? now what, what, like, what's life going to be like now and then looking at having conversations with friends and loved ones first of all you know because they will help you to one come to terms with it yourself and make it easier to be able to have conversation with others such as your employer yeah. and there's lots of people out there who can help you have a conversation with your employer such as it could be a loved one uh, that goes with you mm-hmm. or it could be somebody from Revive that we can support you mm-hmm. um, or you know to to just say look is there any chance I can bring someone in with, with you and uh, with me and you find that a lot of employers are quite open to you bringing somebody with you to have a conversation that you're finding difficult um, so yeah it's opening up the conversation first of all that's that's the difficulty yeah. but I think once you start these conversations then it becomes easier Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Jackie, is there anything else that you would want to add around 
I, I would just say that I think um, Revive, certainly we're going to talk about some of the services that, that we offer, but I think it helps you to feel a little bit more empowered because you have the knowledge um, about your condition yeah. um, and that enables you to um, feel a little bit in a stronger position because uh, you can often, your, your self-esteem can be hit so hard in these situations and I think if you can go with some positive, if, if you can do this for me, this will really help, yeah. um, rather than saying I can't do this, um, which is so much harder. So I think m- my experience certainly um, is is positive uh, with that. That's that's encouraging to hear, because um, you know it, these are or potentially can be quite difficult topics for some people yeah. to to begin um, to share with others, especially when folks aren't necessarily their f- friends or family. Mm-hmm. Um, this we're talking employers, colleagues, teachers, people who are in our lives, yes, but maybe not in that sort of sphere where we feel comfortable telling folks about incontinence issues yeah. or something like that. Um, you know, so uh, you know, I, I I appreciate you guys sharing these sort of tips for folks if these are conversations that people need or feel that they they want to have with their employers. Um, you know, like you were saying, there is no obligation, but sometimes it does make things easier. Yeah, yeah um, to, to open up like that. I think the sooner you have the conversation with your employer, if you're able to then the easier it is to say, right, well, where are we going to go now to put measures in place to yeah. support you at work mm-hmm. um, rather than you struggling? And, yeah. then you're, and then you're thinking, I can't go into work. And then you become stressed and we know that stress can exacerbate your symptoms of MS and you're just going around in a vicious circle. Yeah. So it can take some, relieve some of that stress having that conversation mm-hmm. with your employer. A little momentary discomfort in, in one sort of way for hopefully a, a, a much longer period of comfort um you know i think there's a wee life lesson for lots of folks in there about that one um how can revive support people who are hoping to stay in work or education well we've we've got a, a plethora of uh, services at revive that um that many people know about if they've listened to the podcast before so um, we have nursing support services, physiotherapy um, we've got welfare and benefits, we've now got advocacy which is a, a fantastic boon to the, the service, helping people just to be a voice if they cannot be that voice themselves yeah, yeah. Um, we've got counselling support complementary therapy and multiple services that can help you with having these discussions with your employer or helping to support some of your symptoms to make life a little bit easier um, to cope better on a day-to-day basis. So if you find that some of your symptoms are becoming overwhelming, we can look at ways to help to to manage them better um, or help you cope with it better mentally um, for you to be able to carry out your your job, what you're doing in in, uh, your daily life and work. So... um, all the members of staff at Revive are, are open to have these conversations with you um, to support you in any way possible. I can 100% back that up. Um, you know, I've had the privilege of speaking with a lot of, of the sort of service users and, and staff at Revive, and I've gotten nothing but exactly that impression. You know, everybody feels quite um, 
open and generous and, and supportive. Um, so, and I want to give the, the Hyperbaric Chamber a special shout out as well. Um, David. <laughs> yes, yes. So another incredible service yeah. that uh, Revive offers yeah. there. Um, Jackie, is there anything that you wanted to add around how people, um, how Revive can support people who are hoping to stay in, in work or education? Yeah, so um, as, as Julie said, uh, you know, we really do kind of dig down through the assessment process really to find out um, what what are the issues that are maybe affecting you at work and, and or perhaps education. Um, and we, we have two, two groups that might support you. There's fatigue management, which, um, as I mentioned, teaches you all those techniques of pacing and delegation and prioritising and really being able to analyse um, your activities to sh- see how you can manage your energy better and we also have the memory matters um uh, classes which uh help you to kind of learn techniques on how to manage your um, concentration better your um language your communication uh, your your information processing which can be reading you know reading complex documents or um processing what people are saying to you uh, so we have these classes which are great because they get people get peer support and i've recently experienced from running a fatigue management class where we had several of the group who were all um having some challenges at work um, and a lot of the time was spent applying the the techniques to their different work situations and they were giving each other support where you could try this and you could try that Mm. and this is how I approached it with my employer so that was really good Mm. so you're facilitating the groups but actually they're helping each other which is quite um, empowering yeah and if people have more specific problems um, or, or, or issues that they feel they want more help with, then we can do that on a one-to-one basis. And as Julie said, we can work with advocacy and um, other services to see if we can, or, or welfare and benefits to see how we can get people um, in a better place. Anya, what might you want to add uh, to how Revive can support people who are hoping to stay in work or education? So in order to do that, I'll just give a brief overview about what advocacy is and how I um, am able to help people. Yes, please. So clients often come to me and the clients that do come to me, a lot of them are feeling quite disempowered. Um, they feel like maybe they're not being taken seriously, that their voices or rights aren't being heard. And advocacy's whole role is basically giving people a voice to empower and support people and basically give them confidence to maybe advocate for themselves in the future. Um and basically in terms of education and employment, um, something major is recognising that there's a legal obligation of employers to um, give reasonable adjustments to people with MS and other disabilities. Mm-hmm. And this could take in um, form of sort of physical needs. So in terms of um, aids such as ramps, or it could be making hours um, adjustment of hours in terms of someone is dealing with fatigue. So in terms of higher education, um, all universities should have a person in charge of disabilities and someone that they can chat to um, to discuss issues. And a lot of people might lack the confidence to access employment uh, or to access um, college or university. And I've already encountered with a few people who've had these issues. And so being able to um, be present as an advocate for those people, even just physically present, um, can really encourage people to access those services. Also in terms of filling up application forms, um, being present for employment meetings um, or even interviews, 
arrangements and it's just so important to as an advocate for people to recognize their rights and for people themselves to recognize how much power you actually do have mm-hmm. um, yeah mm-hmm. oh well i'm i'm really glad to hear that that all of these forms of support are there to help people either enter or stay in a workplace or an educational setting um because these are big parts of people's lives. Um, you know, not everybody may go to college or university, but there will be some element of school. Um, and there are quite a lot of people who need to get up and go to their work every day. Um, so the fact that there are um, so many support mechanisms, um, you know, sort of based in Revive itself, but, you know, Anya, as you were saying, you know, that that support extends actually to out with the centre to you know physically the campus or a workplace or um, anything like that like I'm I'm very encouraged and, and sort of proud of, of, of that sort of um, service that that Revive does does provide for folks um, is there anything that we have missed that you wanted to maybe add in just about welfare and benefits so I see a lot of people who come in who are really frightened about their financial situation about what's happening with work so they're thinking oh I might have to pull hours back or what if I have to give up work and they've not looked into benefits and they think that because they're working they're not entitled to it and a lot of these benefits are non-mean tested um, and we have a fantastic welfare and benefits service uh, with Alan and he can really help to support people to see what benefits are out there and help to, you know, to apply for these benefits on their behalf. So I think to have that conversation initially is always good with uh, with Alan to see where to stand yeah. uh, and what can I apply for because that can take some of the pressure off you with regards to work. Yeah. So you think, okay, well, this, this money's now coming in to help to support me. I don't need to work as many hours. And you might find that pulling back some of your hours at work can help you have a better quality of life. Yeah. So it's finding that balance. But yeah, for anyone to come and, and speak to us about that, they, they don't have to come and necessarily access everything in Revive. It could be just that that they want to speak about, and that's yeah. okay. Excellent. Is there anything else that you guys want to add on? I was just going to add that, you know, for those, we're talking about work and education, but for those that um, have decided to, to give up work, um many of them have found that volunteering or finding a way to still um, have a, an occupation, if you like, yeah. um, is has been fantastic. Uh, and they can use some of the, the techniques and things that they've learned and what they've learned about their, their symptoms, but, but maybe um, still find um, that they can um, contribute. I, and there's an incredible mental health benefit from staying engaged Definitely. in a community and, and doing something that somebody's passionate about or, you know, that they feel is important. Um, whether they're making money for it or not, you know, I, you know, I sort of want to just back you up, but, that, you know, that there is an incredible value to volunteering and the, the social benefits that come with it. Yeah, I would encourage anyone who's listening to the podcast and they've been kind of thinking, you know, where can I go for advice or support or signposting? Please feel free to reach out to sit Revive. You know, initially you'll be seen by myself um, as MS nurse just to to discuss how you're you're coping on a day to day basis, and then mm-hmm. we can just take it from there. But there's no pressure um, for you to to do anything within Revive. Just to reach out to us and let us support you. 
you know, the, the disease happening to me in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to get people to understand what MS is is quite difficult. Uh, it's not like a a broken leg or a broken arm or something you can see sort of physically um, or you can easily re- relate to. Um, so t- trying to... Everybody knew I had MS, but actually understanding just how significant that would be in certain respects in my job um, was um, was something I had to educate um, my my uh, colleagues on. So there was a bit of a process where I talked to my boss and my boss's boss just to sort of let them know what was experiencing them, just so to sort of bring them in and so they could better support me. Uh, and and it worked. I'm I'm really glad to to hear that that's what your experience has been. Um, you know, to to be able to, it takes a bit of courage. You know, I I can imagine to to share those sorts of personal matters with, Absolutely. in essence, your employer. You know, somebody who's not maybe a friend. You know, that's not necessarily their first uh, primary role in your life. Um, and that you know that this the step that it would have taken to to begin that conversation would have been difficult um and then to be able to get such a good result out of it you know that's it's really lovely to hear that um and I suppose off the back of that Lorraine what advice would you give to other people who have an MS diagnosis who are still in work obviously I'd advise them to contact a supervisor yeah or even a close friend to run it by them I'm pretty sure the supervisor should know about it anyway, and they're the other ones that's going to have everything you can put in place for you. Yeah, to get everything done. It's like six years ago since I was diagnosed, and it's only in the last sorry, only in the last year that I've stopped doing shifts. I was doing night shift, back shift, and day shift, mm-hmm. and now I'm just on a day shift. Ah, and I okay. think as well though, as much as that was offered to me at the time to change. It's like, I think it's an ongoing fight with yourself and it's up to you whenever you kind of go, right, I'm not giving in, it's just made it easier. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened. Oh, I, th- I think that's a that's a really lovely point to bring out that, you know, that sometimes it's it's hard yeah. to make those changes. Yeah. You know, the, the, the rhythm of your, your usual work pattern and it's your routines normal, is yeah. signifies something. It signifies, you know... Uh, another time perhaps when all of this wasn't on the plate and it wasn't something you needed to, to think about um, and switching that up isn't necessarily there isn't the resistance from the employer necessarily it's sometimes it's inside ourselves um, when you're first diagnosed you, you know, the injuries are still quite fresh so it's not too bad you can you're more able to do things and you, you keep on Attempting to do what you did before, uh, and so with twenty twenty hindsight, I wish I'd have been a bit more, a bit stronger in the um, setting out what I was prepared to do and what I wasn't prepared to do. Uh, I can remember uh, when I went back to work, I was walking around, lifting things around. Mm, okay. <laughs> uh, nobody asked me to do it, but I just did it. Uh, because I thought I could, and I think you need to 
remember that you have an MS diagnosis, that you can have fatigue, um, and the you need to the first thing you need to do is sort of look after your yourself and make sure your energy levels um, you can maintain your energy levels you don't overextend yourself because it can really uh, sort of hurt you in the long term so um so that all sounds like quite good advice to someone who's who's maybe had gotten a diagnosis and who who's still in work you know is there anything else that you'd like to share with folks who are maybe uh, coming up to this point, um, getting sort of prepared for this conversation or somebody who's maybe just had it with their employer? I think the before you're diagnosed, it's like, that's like the old you. But when you get diagnosed, that's a new you. And yeah. it's just new rules mm-hmm. that you need to just set in place and find out what works for you, what works best for you. Because at the end of the day, you're the most important thing that's going on. Yeah. Until yeah. you're working, nothing else is. That's really well put. Mm. That's what I was trying to say yeah. earlier. Uh, yeah, you're not the same person. Not the same person. Uh, and, and, and so you need to adjust. Yep, that's mm. hard as. <laughs> you're not <laughs> We're being very polite. There you go. <laughs> How is um, support from outside of maybe your supervisor or your colleagues, how is support from outside that uh that sort of group, how has that impacted how? Um, quite quickly, because you appear normal, they quite quickly forget you've got a condition yeah. and they start asking you to do things. <laughs> so back to the, the previous point, mm-hmm. you've got to um, be quite strong and say no. There we go. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Is there anything else that you guys wanted to add that maybe we hadn't hadn't mentioned? Well, I think everyone, when they're working, it's you're there probably longer than you are at home. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be happy. You've got to be the very, very best you can. Um, so the environment's got to equal that. So really, you've got to think, as I say, put yourself first. What can they do for you? And actually, when you ask them, they're quite forthcoming. Can we help you with... It's like I got a rise and fall desk as well and just different things like coming in and um, doing like I was off for the first few months of the year and now I'm back in a phased return and they're really looking after us. It's like every week it's like I'm seeing them or phone me, text me anytime. So it's like you're not left alone. Mother, and I'm sure they actually say that to everybody, but just I'd like to think it's just for me. Oh, but it's what you—it's what you need to hear. Exactly, so, you know. exactly. Yeah, I've been told that. Oh, <laughs> oh but no, I—I th- I think you're right, Lorraine. Like yeah. we are, we forget mm-hmm. that that we are at our workplace more mm-hmm. hours than Absolutely. we are at home. Possibly even more, you know, mm-hmm. hours than I'm awake yep. at my home. Yeah. You know, most of that time I'm asleep. You've got to be happy um, as well. Mm-hmm. And so it it has a, a very sort of, uh, has a, a heavier weight, I mm-hmm. suppose, in that sort of, in the balance sense, yeah. you know, of, of uh, proportionally, you're there a lot, a lot of the day. So it's good that everyone kind of knows your situation mm-hmm. and you just, I think that's the thing, once you actually, everybody does, then you're just back into the routine of being part of the team. Yeah. And that's a huge thing as well, because mm-hmm. that's, that's what you were before it started. Yeah. So that's where you're at the end, but which is that every now and then you might have a wee blip and feel a wee bit different, but... Um, just we're all getting there. I'm really pleased to hear that you both have had fairly yeah. positive experiences yeah, with it. I, I, 
sorry, so, I feel no, I feel no. bad for anyone who's not because I can't imagine how hard that must be. Mm. Like, really, it's hard enough. And that, that was just listening back to, uh, to the conversations that we've had. Um, I think our experiences are probably to more the more favourable end of the scale. Absolutely. For for people who um, don't have that kind of support, there is a lot of things that you're entitled to uh, and you should be able to ask for without any prejudice and your employer should uh, should basically accede to your you know your your requests so um things like you know appropriate chairs mm-hmm. uh, desks um if you're having problems with dexterity and you're working at a computer um uh, talk to text mm-hmm. um you know voice assistance mm-hmm. those kind of things there's lots and lots of things even working from home yeah. um working from home now isn't such a big thing as it used to be because of the experience everybody had uh, with COVID. So if you work at a desk um, and you, you don't necessarily work in a sort of reactive job, um, there's, is, a, is it reasonable? Is it a reasonable adjustment to just say, look, I'd prefer to work from home and get it? Um, I, I think so. I, uh, there was that, if you, So if you don't have the support within the, the working environment or from your union or from your employer um, and you're a little bit worried about what happens when you go back uh, definitely worth reading up um, go to the gov uh, government website tells you about employment uh, maybe go to um, you know other experts who can maybe give you um, advice as to what you're entitled to so that you can you're not laboring yeah. without having what you what you need do you know something that was like that was one of the things when I was in revive and we were talking about in a group and they were saying that they can actually arrange to come to your workplace to explain everything, which I thought was absolutely fantastic for people who don't have the support like you would, you and I have got. And it's like folk who really don't know where to start, so they've got somebody who will offer to go in with them, and I think that's an incredible, incredible thing to do. I think it can be quite overwhelming, especially oh. when you've had a life-changing event, yeah. as, a, as, a, as a MS diagnosis is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, having to deal with all of that and then think about, I'll have to go back to work. Because it's not easy when you first go back. It's a big adjustment. Having to arrange your own support and fight your corner and things like that. That must be uh, must be It must be overwelming. Yeah. Um, so. so I think that's a great support that they have at Revive. One yeah. of the things I didn't know they had an offer, but absolutely amazing for folks who genuinely are out there alone. I, we um we had a, a chance to hear from Anya, the advocacy um, officer at Revive, and she was talking us through exactly these things. You know that it, it can be quite intimidating, simply be, not necessarily because there's any particular scariness coming from the employer, but simply because it is such a big change. There are so many variables at that point, um, and being able to sort of start working your way through them and locking a couple in, um, sometimes that takes the support. Unknown, I think. Exactly, exactly. You don't know what the response is going to be, so yeah. that can cause a fair bit of uh, And I think as well, worry. you're mm-hmm. burying your soul because yeah. this is hugely personal for of you. Of course. You're mm-hmm. it. 
Yeah. So it's like that's if you're allowing people to come in as well, it's like you're really having to trust them. Yeah. So you might be trusting folk who are going to have your back, who you feel are going to have your back. Mm-hmm. Well, um, thank you so much for sharing some of your experiences with everyone. I hope that if somebody is out there listening, um, and is in a sort of beginning a phase of of um, starting to sort of make adjustments at work if they've just received a diagnosis that that they take some encouragement from at least your your experiences um, and a little tips uh, and tricks from you and perhaps maybe even getting in touch with revive and uh, sort of linking in with with the support services they offer there most people are really supportive yeah I would say yeah. That. Uh, most people are good good people and will do their best to help you whenever they can um, I think you'd have to be quite unlucky to um, have a, a, a different experience. Um, so, you know, for anybody that's uh, going through this, you know, you just hope for the best, but, uh, um, yeah. And I think as well, your work environment is half the battle, but you, like I know with my personal struggle as well, for five years I continue to do shifts, even though everyone was saying, Really? Do you want to have a look at this? And I keep going, no, no, no. <laughs> so it's like, again, it's no. a personal thing. So it's like, yeah. it's like, um, but it comes to you. Mm-hmm. When it comes to you, it's so much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't struggle as much. Oh, brilliant. Well, thank you again, Stephen, Lorraine, for sharing thank your experiences you. um, and for taking a wee bit of time to, to talk with us today. Pleasure. Johnny yep. G Radio. Your station, your creation. Revive was set up in 1984 by people living with MS and their families and helps people manage the physical, emotional, social and financial impacts that come with a diagnosis of MS. Anyone affected by MS can use Revive services and can be referred by a health or social care professional or self-referred. For more information, please visit revivemssupport.org.uk.